My name is Sedin Ra. I am the great bard, the high herald of heroes, and the dire eulogist of the daring. I love to tell stories. Stories of conflict and of bravery, of monsters that lurk in the cold, and the warm blood that they spill. Stories of heroes whose eyes burn bright with passion to stand against the darkness. In these tales is where I live. And this story is one of my favorites. It is not particularly vast in scope. I cannot promise that it changed the world for any good or ill. No primordial evil is challenged. No holy good is upheld. But it is the story of heroes. Heroes who have sworn an oath to their task, no matter that it is a small thing against the long and distant dark. It is a story of people who have already lost much, but have one chance to save one life. It is a tapestry woven lovingly, and I give it a place of honor among the tales of the demigods who slay liches, the armies of paladins standing against demon hordes, and the princesses who summon gods. Among them all, this story is one of my favorites. I call it Blood Gold. The sun is rising over the town of Sabincott. It is a small village surrounded by thick, dense forests. We see people waking up for the day to go about their business and to, uh, starting to raise the windows of their shops and begin their day as the sun peers over the horizon casting everything in a warm, golden light. As we pass over the town of Sabincott, we come to a small farm. What does the farm look like? The farmhouse isn't much to look at. It's pretty sparse. Uh, it's sturdy, though. When you look at it, you know that it can withstand some stuff. But it's sparse. There's not a whole lot of pageantry. There's no, there's no curtains. There's no decorative nothing it's just a house and it's a pretty simple one at that looks like maybe it's all one big room and in front of the house is a very very small personal garden personal vegetable garden um, further out like if you were standing at the front door of the house and you looked out you would see a field of rows of vegetables different vegetables. It would be root vegetables like potatoes and beets, things like that. And then to the left would be a pen with some animals, not a lot, goats, things like that, but not like maybe a couple pigs, but no cows, nothing like that. And then uh, one very ornery four-horned antelope thing. It's not quite an antelope, mm -hmm. but an antelope thing. Yeah, I think Osmer is in the field uh, grazing um, and just looking. I think we see Osmer like rise up very regally and his eyes are kind of like narrowed in a way that makes him look like he's annoyed that the, that the day is beginning. Mm -hmm. And inside is... Marin Ghost, uh, who has already started preparing for the day, has probably already cooked breakfast, maybe. Or I don't know. Are you a late riser? I think in general, farm work is an early 
Like, you'd be up at least by daybreak. But I don't know about Marin's style. So, farming, yes, that would be something that you do. But Marin hasn't always been a farmer. However, Marin has, for most of her life, been an, ad- been an adventurer. And it is often best to start an adventure at the beginning of the day, not in the middle when the sun is at its highest. Mm-hmm. So she is accustomed to getting up early, though in her old age, you know, sometimes the sun beats her up. Sometimes that sounded weird. Like it beats her up. But sometimes the sun is up before she is, but not as often as maybe it is for other people. Um, but she's definitely already done chores. Like she's already done things. House is clean. She had her breakfast. She let the animals out. Like if they're in the pen, then they're already, they've been out. So she let them out of the barn. Do you put goats in? You would have some sort yeah. of shelter for them. So yeah, so she's already like let them out. Can you give me a condition check so that we can see how Marin is feeling on this day? So you slept in your home mm-hmm. and I you're making a face like you don't know what that is and that's okay. I didn't expect you to. Okay. Um, so at the beginning of each journey or each day um, in Ryutama, we make a condition check to see how we are doing. And a con- our condition um, gives us some narrative exposition of how we're feeling Mm -hmm. and also uh determines um at what point our character might die or how vulnerable they are to things like poisons magic uh status effects like that so to make your condition check for today since you are sleeping in your own house i believe we are going to have you roll twice and take the higher okie dokie of those two awesome Um, and that is strength plus spirit yes a total of four. Oh, that's a total of nine. That one's better. That is better. That's much better. So uh, mark that your condition is nine. And so with a nine, you're feeling very good Mm -hmm. today. Ten is tip-top shape. Like, ten is, like, feeling really good. Not only is ten feeling really good, but it gives me an advantage to my rolls. Mm -hmm. Nine. I don't quite get that advantage. But I do get the happy mood. Yeah. Not that you can tell from Marin's face because she doesn't smile. <laughs> okay. Marin's Marin's not big on uh, smiling. No. I don't think she is. So we went over Marin's look a little bit in episode zero. But do you want to, could you like give us a scene, like show us one of Marin's chores and maybe like show us what she looks like? Sure. So this is like old school think like Wild West farmhouses like like homestead is kind of what i'm thinking right okay yeah so she has like a wood stove like it's nothing fancy she doesn't have anything fancy or anything that would require a lot of technical knowledge to fix so she's got a wood stove or the equivalent of um she's got like a cast iron pot and pan and then there's like a bed in the corner and like a small little table for her like it's really it's this is not a fancy house is there running water like would that be common in houses I don't think there would be naturally running water. Like, I don't think there's, like, pipes, but there might be a magical solution. So she's got an outhouse. That's that's the only thing that I was – I was like, I don't know if there's, like, a bathroom in this little homestead thing, but still she'll have an outhouse. I'm just going to be as simple as possible. She was an adventurer. She's used to pooping in the woods. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is. Um, So what we see is Marin's back in the house. She's done some of her early morning chores. Um, Her pot has cooled off enough for her to be able to clean it. She makes her bed right when she first gets up in the morning. But, you know, she's tidying. So what you see her doing is kind of cleaning up her dish um, at the table. Her long braid probably falls over her shoulder as she's cleaning. Quick swats it behind her back. um, Just picks up the dishes, cleans them pretty okay. She eats the same thing every day, so she doesn't super care if her dishes are super clean. Again, she's also used to living on the road, so can't always have, like, super clean dishes. She doesn't really care that much. Um, But she cleans them off as best she can. She cleans up her pot, puts everything back in its spot. Like, this is a very tidy home. It is very tidy. Everything has a a space. If you've ever known anybody who lived in, like, a tiny home or who lived in a van or did a camper thing, like, everything has to go back in its space because Mm -hmm. you don't have the space for things to just be out. 
everything has to be in its space. And that's kind of how she lives. Like every, there's a spot for her one plate. There's only one plate. There's only one fork. There's only one knife. She has nothing for visitors because visitors don't come and she doesn't want them to. (laughs) She clearly doesn't want them to. She has one chair. There's the bed. There's nothing. There's like, she's got a rocking chair, maybe. And I think that was a project that she made just to see if she could do it, not because she wanted to sit in it. That maybe there's a rocking chair. But Marin is in brown working clothes from head to toe. Like this woman, there's nothing fancy or decorative about her or what she's doing. Everything is purposeful and everything has a utility. I don't know if that was helpful. Yeah, no, I thought that was great. Okay. Um, I think it is early spring. Mm-hmm. And it's still pretty cool outside, but now is the time for um, sowing plants um, in in your fields. S O W, not S E W, because the only S E W she does is of animal hides, and probably mending very quickly her clothes. Is she is she pretty decent at that? Like like sewing. Like S-E-W sewing? I mean, decent, no, but her clothes don't have visible holes. Okay, that's fair. So That's fair. I mean, like a seamstress would look at it and be like, what are you doing? This Mm -hmm. is terrible. But everybody else will be like, oh, look, no skin. Good job. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what what outside on the farm does Marin start working on? Oh, the plants. She needs to, her crop. She needs to get to her crop. Crops? Crops. Crops. I, Diana, do not know how one would go about planting root vegetables. I don't know what conditions you grow them in. I don't know really how they grow except for in the ground. But she does. So she does all the things (laughs) that she needs to do to grow potatoes. Well, let's say that you need to, let's say that uh, Mare needs to. um, She's already made the rows. She's already plowed the rows? The rows have been done. Okay. So she's just going by and like... But doing the seeds. Okay. Do you you have to grow potatoes outside of the sun? You store them outside of the sun, but that's because they grow in the ground. Do you have... The whole plant doesn't grow in the ground, though. No, I know that, but like, do they need a lot of shade? You know, some plants need a lot of shade. Like, they're supposed to have shade. No? Yes. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Like, Uh, mushrooms aren't supposed to just grow in full sunlight all the time. Yeah. I got, but mushrooms are also not plants. They're fungus. They get energy differently okay, than plants Okay, all right, do. all right, all right, Mr. Smarty Pants. I don't know. You eat you eat mushrooms. You also eat potatoes. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, anyway, she's growing potatoes well, and beets. Mushrooms eat like an animal eats. I know. Sort of. They eat poop. And decaying matter. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to I think potatoes if... are grown in rows under the sun. Do potatoes have seeds or are they bulbs? She plants potato sproutlings. Okay. All right. She plants potato sproutlings. Oh. Also, are they annuals or per, per, per annuals? Do you have to plant them every year? Do the plants just grow? You're the one playing the farmer. I should, you should have looked this up. You should up. have done research. I should have done research. Don't here's... do it now. Oh, here's the thing. Marin knows what, how to plant potatoes, mm. so she plants them. Okay. She is planting potatoes. I imagine... Okay, hold on. No, I'm figuring this out. The potato is like the bulb. It's like the root. You plant old potatoes because that's why sometimes potatoes grow sprouts in your cabinet. Hold on. So you just plant... You you have like starter potatoes for next year's harvest. Yes. Sure. Okay. So you dig straight, shallow trenches <laughs> two to three feet apart in prepared soil and you seed, you plant seed potatoes. So you are right. You would have like bulb of potato mm-hmm. t- that you would put into the ground. Also, none of this matters because they're fantasy potatoes they and they, they work however we want them to work. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that's what she's doing. She's already done the soil bit. I feel like... Is this not a thing that you add you add manure to soil to help it grow, right? That's yeah. like fertilizer, yeah, right? Yeah. So she would have already made the rows because she would have had to like do till the it. yeah, she would have had to till it and stuff. So she's already kind of done the maintenance. Now today's mm-hmm. the back breaking bend over, put a potato, bend over, put a potato. Mm-hmm. Wait, I have to ask what so you know how like 
Idaho potato spuds are like white or yellow. Sweet potatoes are bright orange. Taro is bright purple. Like all kinds. All so you she got all, all kinds, kinds of like. Like na- you know how like natural carrots came in a whole bunch of different fl- mm-hmm. like old traditional natural carrots came in like different colors they were yeah. like orange i think that's kind of what her potatoes also i just realized that carrots are a root vegetable she plants some carrots too she's got a whole cal- she's calendar she's got a whole rainbow of root vegetables okay but her potatoes are quite colorful so uh marin you are down in the dirt kind of putting in these these seed veggies um putting you put in one in a whole back up or go forward like three feet yep shove another one in it's a foot i looked it up a foot they're 12 inches apart okay they're the rows are three feet apart guys i'm so smart now can you give me um i'm gonna say this is pretty hard work i think it's a i think this is a strength plus strength roll this feels like a strength plus strength roll and i'll tell you why i made strength my highest stat that's why it feels like a strength <laughs> a strength roll. Okay. <laughs> specifically, I made it specifically because or, she is a farmer. Or do you think it's strength plus spirit roll to keep your spirits up? No. <laughs> not no. I, that's not because it's my highest. Like I'm not. No, because spirit is my next highest. Uh, that no, I. I don't think she would – it wouldn't matter if it, her spirits are up. It's it's not going to affect her, like, right. emotionally. It's right. It's only a matter of can she physically do this. Yes. I think it, Because it has to get done. So okay. it's going to get done sort of thing. Okie dokie. And so this is a – this is a general success check. And it is – we're going to say it's a – so there's two, there's three different types of checks. There's contested checks where we roll against one another. And then there's two different types of success checks. One where you have to hit a difficulty number and one that is um, just kind of like an evaluation. We, we see how well you did based on what you roll. Right. So I think this is the latter. This is an evaluation roll. Yeah, I agree. A four out of a possible 16. So not great. Yeah, you are having you're having some trouble today. This is menial labor. Um what is what is stressing you out about this? So, I woke up in a good mood today. <clears throat> my condition is fine physically. Mm-hmm. I think I think my mood was all right. Not I didn't wake up in a good mood, but I didn't wake up in a bad mood. And I usually wake up in a bad mood, so that like default makes this a good mood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think today is hard because it is reminding me of my younger days in my youth. Like, especially when I would go out adventuring, this would be like the perfect adventuring day. Mm. And I'm on this farm planting effing potatoes because life, because life. I'm planting potatoes instead of going and hunting wyverns. So I think there's something else that is stressing you out today as well. And that is the fact that off in the distance, beyond the forest that surrounds Sabincott Village, is a large mountain range called the Andite Mountain Range. And it has been on fire for three days now. There is smoke billowing up from the tops of the mountain peaks. And it's off in the distance, but you can see the... the black acrid smoke just billowing into the sky and the andite mountain range is is far away it's like a five days trek but this is a mountain range that you know very well because it is where your partner Ephesa lost her life and it is where you know that a great golden worm named Aurelirion lives with her hive and it's been burning this is the third day a few nights ago you saw in the middle of the night, the whole range was glowing with fire. And it's a constant reminder to you of what happened to Ephesa and what happened between you and this great worm. I think we I think we see Mary like plant a potato and like look up at the horizon as she's like wiping her brow. Mm-hmm. And this with a red bandana. Does she have the, where? Do, where does she keep the? Oh, she's she's dabbing her brow with the yeah. bandana. Do you? Oh wait, did was it red? Can it be red? 
Yeah, it can be read. Okay. Do you think about yeah. this or do you like try to push it down? Oh, you mean do I allow it to be in my brain? Yeah. Oh. Like you can't help but it – like it's intrusive. It, right. But do you dwell on it? Do you reflect on it or do you just try to push it down? I was trying to think if I would do something surprising, but I don't think I do. I push it down. Like I don't think Marin has ever given herself the time to truly grieve for her partner. And I don't think Marin sees the point in thinking about it now when so many years have passed. So the thought comes, she notices it, she gets really angry with herself and the situation, and now she starts slamming potatoes into the ground. But she's not allowing herself to really dwell on it. Yeah. And I think that's part of your frustration with this task today is that it's so mundane that Mm -hmm. it's easy to just go on autopilot and allow your thoughts to wander. And it's not... Other tasks on the farm would be able to preoccupy you. But with this, every time you look up and you see that smoky trail on the mountain, it invades again. Right. And this isn't a a super physical, physically demanding task. Like it it takes a toll on the body, Mm -hmm. but it's not a super physically demanding task. And I think if her, if she was doing something much more physical and demanding, then she would be able to distract herself a little bit better. Yeah. Which is why the house looks so nice, and it's why the ground is already tilled and in rows, because if this mountain has been on fire for three days, then for three days these thoughts have been coming to her head. And she has been doing everything she can, but this ha- this task has to get done, and it's not occupying her brain the way that other tasks have. So you are doing this this task for a few hours, And just as you are, like, at the tail end of the last row, a person starts making their way up your, uh, your farm. And you hear the creak of your fence gate and footsteps making their way up as, as someone walks up, uh, to your field. And you hear her go, good day, Marin. I was still planting potatoes. I don't stop planting my potatoes. I don't acknowledge this person until I am done with my row. I know it was like the tail end of my last row, so mm-hmm. I only have a couple left anyway. Yep. But I don't acknowledge this person until I'm done. Uh, she walks all the way up to like the end of the row so that as you finish, like she's there. Mm-hmm. And it is an old woman, even a little, probably not terribly much older than you, um, but she's, well, she's, old she has like um like clear lines in her face um her dark hair has turned like white um she's dark complexioned and her name is Fazela and you recognize her as a healer and elder in Sabincott mm-hmm. um and she's there with with her robes and her hands are tucked in her robes and she just kind of watches you finish she's an elder of Sabincott mm-hmm. okay that changes a little bit what i do i'm still not super polite but it changes a little bit so i straighten up um, because I can, and I use the bandana to kind of clear off the dirt from my hands, kind of wipe them off, tuck that into my back pocket, and I put my hands, I don't, I don't extend them out to her. Mm. I wouldn't. It doesn't matter how clean I am. This is not about dirt cleanliness. It's, I, <laughs> I'm not touching her. Okay. But I think I put, <laughs> so I wear a vest. <laughs> this is so farmer. I'm going to put, I'm going to hook my thumbs into the like armholes of my vest and just kind of like keep my, like, you know, like the yeah. old suspender kind of look. I'm going to do that and be like, good morning to you. Fazela nods um, and she says, um, hard work preparing for harvest. Yep. She nods and she goes, um, I haven't seen you in town for the past few days. I just was, I was wondering how you are doing. Fine. Pause and everything. Like, fine. Fazela nods. Uh, and I think she looks up and she looks to the Andite mountain range and, and the smoke. Mm-hmm. And she goes, bad omens, it seems. You could say that. W- well. <laughs> Marin might be more sociable later in the game. I just want <laughs> you to know that. Like, it's just she's very out of practice and she's in a bad mood. Fazela is like very clearly like she has something obviously she has something to say and she doesn't know how to get to it it's so bad omens yeah it looks that way or whatever i said do do you need help with anything oh yes actually um marin 
normally I wouldn't ask you to do this kind of work. I know that you don't do this kind of thing anymore, but we are running dangerously low on witch's pine, and it is necessary for some of our members of the community who have weaker constitutions. There is witch's pine in the forest, but with the fires on Mount Andite, many people are afraid to go into the woods. I was hoping that with your past history and your skills, you may be willing to enter the woods to find a supply of witch's pine so that we may continue to tend to our neighbors for the next few weeks. Marin bends down and starts picking up some tools. Like, you should probably have like a crate of potatoes that's like empty now and starts putting stuff in there. And uh, she's not really muttering because muttering is something you do under your breath. She's loudly saying, um, what is the point of having all of these young people in the village if they can't even get some witch's bark? This is the simplest of tasks and they can't even do it for their village. This makes no sense. And then as she's standing up, she goes, yeah, I will help the village. We will pay you uh, the the, uh, normal rate for our herb gatherers. And uh, we, we very much appreciate it. But I call her Elder Vesela. She's older than me because she's an elder of the village. Yeah. Like, is there like a a title that I would use when addressing her in a respectful way? Do I just call her a Elder or Healer? Yeah, you could call her Healer. You could call her Healer Fazela. You could call her Fazela. Healer, how much witch's bark are we talking about? As much as you could gather. I can give you directions to a grove of pine trees in the forest that's about a, a, a three-hour hike into the dark woods. I'm not concerned about the time. I just didn't know how much you needed. 10 to 15 <clears throat> uses would be ideal. I need to finish my chores for the day, and I will see you when I am ready. Thank you very much, Miss Marin. And Fazela turns and she starts walking off your property. I follow her to make sure she latches the gate behind her. And then I meet, I don't say anything to her. There's no more communication. I just make sure that she locks my property up. And then I go back into my house to put my things away because they need to be tidied. I guess actually those would go into a barn. Yeah, They yeah. wouldn't go into my house. So they go into the barn. Yeah. So planting was important today. But the sound of an adventure for today, like normally I don't know that I would have said yes, but on today of all days, I needed something a little bit more physical, I think. So this adventure slash task is perfect. So I make sure that I'm tending to my animals the way that they need to be tended to. Um, And then I start gathering my supplies to go on this mini journey. Mm -hmm. And part of that is... Getting Osmer ready, mm-hmm. which takes some time. Osmer doesn't super love having things on them anymore. Not really a fan of doing work much, but I I accomplished my goal <laughs> of getting Osmer prepared. So Osmer is a large, um, like bovine antelope. Yes. So like, think the size, like not fat, like a. Not like super fat like a cow. Not like stocky like but, a cow, but, but, but like sturdy. Yeah, sturdy. Bigger, like the size of a cow, mm-hmm. but not like fat like a cow. Does that make... Not like a dairy cow, you know? Like, yeah, kind of like like stocky like a draft horse. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Um, with four horns, two that go straight up and two that curl. And Osmer is really... It's just... Osmer is just a pack mule, just a fantasy pack mule with... A very unique face and stuff. We'll, we'll, the internet will have pictures. We'll, we'll, well make we, that. Work. We based like Osmer's like kind of like general vibe off of the kudu antelope. Yes. I think he's got like these spiral. The the ones that go up are like spiral black. Yep. And then like I'm picturing like do like they... ram like ram curls. Okay. So it's not off the side of the face. It's like the top of the face yeah. and then underside. Yeah. So okay. both of them, both of the horns or antlers or horns, horns, horns. Yeah. both of the horns start at the top of the head, but um, the two that curl, curl down like ram horns 
and right ram horns yeah ram horns and then the two that go up are they like, like spiral they spiral um face of an antler it's, that's not a thing face of an antelope mm-hmm. body kind of like a cow no, draft horse one of the things that you that when we were like looking at different animals you really liked that the uh, the the kudu had like that bar across their eyes yes does uh osmer have that yes it's so it's the exact face of the was it kudo kudu the kudu antelope what color is osmer brown okay everything is brown (laughs) except for the red bandana okay everything is brown because you can hide dirt (laughs) okay so you outfit osmer what are you what are you outfitting osmer with osmer has they're kind of like custom saddlebags, but they're not bags. It's a barrel on one side that's kind of like custom fitted to fit on the side of Osmer mm-hmm. and a wooden chest on the other side that is, again, custom fitted to fit on the side of Osmer. So there's no like sharp edges digging into his like rib cage. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the chest is a little bit curved and the, the barrel is a little bit curved to kind of fit on the side. And they fit – they are like um, – connected through these things like a that you would attach on a saddle but there's no saddle okay there's just like a kind of like a blanket on top so i can like throw things on top of him over his back if i would like as well does that make sense yeah um because i'm not riding osmer osmer would never allow that (laughs) ridiculous that would never happen um osmer is very good at carrying things for me so i make osmer carry my things okay so you outfit osmer um what what do you equip yourself i use basically a travel cape thing <laughs> i don't so, know what that means okay so what i mean is that instead of a book bag or something like mm-hmm. i'm not carrying like a book bag i've got this cape that has a bunch of pockets on the inside okay where i can carry some stuff and then i've got like my bedroll but that's not a book bag that's just like a bedroll mm-hmm. um for when I need it. I, this is not a journey that it sounds like I need it Yeah, I was going to ask. Are you taking a bedroll today? No, I don't. It doesn't seem like I need it. Um, but I've got this cape thing. It's more like a poncho, but without sleeves. My arms just kind of go through yeah. holes, like slits. Okay. Is that a poncho? Is that actually what a poncho that is, is? Yes, that is a so poncho. So I have a poncho is okay. what I have. Okay. I'm describing a poncho, and okay. so that's what I have. Okay. <laughs> You have a poncho and has pockets on the inside? Yes. Okay. And I don't use that all the time when I'm adventuring, but for this is a short journey, so that's all I need. And I've got, you know, I've got some snacks because snacks are always important. Snacks are important. Snacks are, snacks are important. Um, I've got tools for collecting witches' bark and like plants, like collecting plants because I don't, there's not specific tools for this. And I bring my monk's spade with me. I don't bring my – I lied. I bring my axe. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not bringing your no, axe I bring tree bark? I bring all of my weapons. Okay. All of my weapons are with me. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what your monk spade looks like? Sure. Do you not know what your monk – can you not describe <laughs> – you chose it. I, I did choose it. I just want to make sure that I'm not making it up. I want to. I want to describe it correctly. I mean, you can also describe it however you – I know, but I don't want to describe something that is not a monk spade. <laughs> You would be you would I'm, be fine. I just I, – I figured it out. I figured okay. it out. Okay. All right. So there's a lot of names for a monk spade, but I'm calling it a monk spade. It feels more appropriate <clears throat> than some of the other ones. So um, what it is, what mine looks like is it's just a long pole that I can if I want to. Like it screws in the middle, which is – What? Yeah. I can I can split it apart if I want. What? I didn't know that. Oh, can you? Your, so yours can do that. Mine can. Oh, I customized it. If they don't do that, I customize mine to do that. I don't usually do it. So, wh- but when... for carry, but for carrying, like when I don't okay. think I need it, like I don't want it to be super duper long. It's easier to put on Osmer if I can split it up a little. Okay. I would never for for GM game purposes. I won't. I won't fight like that. It will always be a it'll pole. Always, okay. It'll. I'm not. I'm not trying to cheat the system. It really is just for carrying. I'm just wondering. Okay, that's fine. Should I take that back? No, no, no. If you want it to be able to break down, then it can break down. No, it doesn't. Uh, it screws. But, okay. It screws. Like it doesn't fold. I want to be very clear. So it's it reinforced. Screws. Okay. It's reinforced because it screws. Okay. I feel like I've just made a grave mistake by doing this. It just, that, I mean. It screws into place. I feel like that doesn't make it weaker. I think anytime you have a division in something, it's going to make it weaker. You think so? Even if it's reinforced with like a, 
Well, I don't want to make it weaker. Well, all gear can break. Yes, I know that, but so I don't want to give you. I don't want to give you the way that this breaks. I don't want to just hand it. It doesn't matter. I'm sticking with screwing. I'm sticking with the screw. It's fine. So what it is? is I like it. There's a long pole in between two ends, what which if it has I would like describe. a super magnet or something. No. Like magic magnet that connects it. Magnets can fall apart, and if I Not hit if something, it's a magic magnet. If I hit something really hard, are you going to make it fall apart immediately? No. That's not how stuff breaks in this game. I know that's not how stuff breaks in this game, but I'm just asking you, Zachary, if you're going to make it break right away. No. Okay. Well, anyway, it connects really strongly in the middle. It doesn't just fold. I can I can make it two separate things if I want. Okay. However they connect is how they connect. I like how we just spent like three <laughs> or more minutes like trying to figure out the, the mechanics for how this monk the, spade folds. It completely comes apart in okay. the middle. Okay. And it completely and strongly attaches... When I want it to. Okay. Just saying. I'm going to say magic magnets. That's fine. Magic magnets are fine. Okay. But on one end is kind of a what appears to be a straight shovel, like um, like a rather a spade. I'm not talking about a snow shovel. I'm talking about the like typical shovel shape. Yeah. Sort of thing. Um, but instead of being curved and like cup-like, it is completely flat and um, it's very, very sharp along the edges and that's so I can dig and do whatever I need to do with it and it is a tool that I use on my farm on the other end is sort of a crescent shaped piece of metal I don't like tool wise I use it to like break very sharp things it's a blade but it's yeah but it's curved in a crescent shape um almost like a bident almost like a bident but not quite a bident mm-hmm. because Bidents are weird, and that's a Diana opinion. Rude. Well, Bidents are weird, and that's a Diana opinion. Well, you chose a Biden for this adventure. It's not a Biden. I chose the spade. (laughs) Um, But I use this tool on my farm. It is also a weapon. And you can listen to episode zero to figure out how we, like, statted it all out. Yeah. Um, But for the purpose of this, it is connected and strapped to my back. Okay. For the purpose of this journey. Is there anything ornate about it? No. Very plain. Okay. Very, very plain. Because, I lied, the spade and the crescent, those metal bits, Mm -hmm. are ornate. Because this was not something that I bought for myself. This was something that I either stole or earned. I think I earned it. I earned this. So I didn't really have much of a say in it. So there's just like etchings in them that are much, much much more faded now than they were when I first got it. And it's kind of like even hard to see yeah. that they're there anymore because I don't take care of it because I use this. This is not decorative. This is a tool I use. Um, but there's like etching in the blades. Um, but the staff, the staff part portion is very plain. Okay. has been replaced a couple times. And it's strapped to my back through this poncho. Not through the poncho, on top of the poncho. And my axe is strapped to my belt like a hatchet. Call back. To to early hard points mm-hmm. um, and the book. So it's strapped to my belt like a hatchet. Okay. Would be. Yep. As one does. As one does with a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Okay. You meet with Fazela. And you get her directions to the um, to this grove mm-hmm. where there is um, where herb gatherers sometimes go to collect witch's pine, and it is. I think she said about three hours. It's more like about four hours. It's a full day's trek there and back, mm-hmm. deep into the woods to the east in the direction of the Andite Mountains and Aurelirion's hive. And you have set up, you've set up Osmer, you've prepared your gear. Is there anything else that you would do before you head out? I'd make, sh- I'd double check my weapons and I double, double check my stock just one more time. I make sure my farm is good, one. Mm-hmm. Um, I make sure everything's locked and the animals are put away that are supposed to be put away. Um, but I make sure that what I'm taking with me makes sense. I'm not taking anything that doesn't make sense, but I'm also taking the things that I need. So I'm taking, I don't know, which is bark. Is it actually bark? 
which is pine. Pine. It is, I'm it sorry. Is, I keep saying bark. I don't it know is why. bark. It's bark. You, it is. you cut it from the side of a tree. So I make sure that I have animal hide to wrap the bark in. And so then I can put it in the chest. Or I guess I keep saying animal hide, but I have whatever, like a, a wrapping of some sort mm-hmm. to be able to put it all in together. Um, I have a, I bring a torch and lighting things just in case I get stuck in the dark, in case it takes me a little bit longer to get there. I don't take a sleeping roll. I've slept on the dirt before. I'll sleep on the dirt again if I have to. Um, and the torch is really only for emergencies anyway. I don't want to overpack myself. That should be it. Okay. That sounds great. So we are going to do our first travel check and direction check Yay! for this game. A couple things that I want to, before we keep doing checks, some things to keep in mind. If you roll two ones, that is a fumble. That's a critical failure, but you earn a fumble point, which you can use later on. Mm -hmm. If your two dice are either the highest face of the die or a six mm-hmm. then you get a critical okay so a d8 has two chances to contribute to a critical six or an eight six only has one cha- oh yes, yes six or an eight six or an eight or a d12 six or 12 right d4s is only four d6 right. is only six yeah so the higher your die size the more chances you have for criticals but that all that said if you roll the, if your two dice are the highest faces or sixes, mm-hmm. you get critical. If they're both ones, it's a critical failure. Yep. So the first check that we are going to make is a travel check, and this is an abstraction of how the journey goes. This is a um, test number where you have to hit a certain score, um, and you are rolling strength plus spirit. You are traveling through the woods. Are you sure it's strength plus spirit? I thought it was strength plus dexterity. It is strength plus dexterity. I lied. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. I just want to make sure I had the right dice. And the difficulty for the woods on a sunny day is eight. Okay. So I'm actually looking at the rules now. This might be... Rules updates are things that I think are probably going to happen a lot in our first couple episodes right and this system is so different that we're both going to be yeah i made the terrible mistake of playing a system i have not run before but the rules do state that if travelers are passing through familiar terrain um the gm may feel free to skip either the direction or travel checks if they feel unnecessary i'm not terribly worried about your ability to walk over no, actually, I think I want to keep them both. That's fine. Especially since it's the first one, we should probably have some practice with it. Yeah. And it's been a while since Marin's gone in it on an adventure, so she should struggle. Her life has been a struggle. This shouldn't be any different. Yeah, I mean, do you go out into the woods often? Do you go out into the... I think Marin will sometimes go on walks into the woods, but this is different. Like, mm-hmm. she's bringing Osmer. They're on a mission. Like, it's it's not ambling is that what that's called when you just kind of walk yeah ambling she's she it's not that like she is on a mission so i think that this is a little different even if the physical acts that she's doing are the same it's different yeah um and this is her first mission since she's stolen the farm she has started acquired started squatting on the farm yeah okay so i think this is a good example of how dangerous um, Ryutama can be. Yeah. Uh, I rolled a six. You rolled a six. So your HP is now halved. Okay. You are down to half HP. So can you tell us a little bit about how, how like, actually let's do, let's do the direction check as well. Before we kind of talk about, um, talk about this trek through the woods. Sure. So I rolled a three. Okay. Out of a possible 12. So, so far, so great. Yep. So far, so great. The only good roll I've had has been my condition check at the very beginning of the day. <laughs> so this trek goes real just bad in general. Yeah, not good. It takes this this trek that through the woods that should be pretty easy, pretty... Well, I don't know. This might be the reason why no one else wanted to go in because the, the woods are actually pretty rough to traverse. Um, it's hard to make your way through there. And um, even someone as seasoned as you is taking a beating. Yes. 
I'm throwing an idea out there. You tell me what you mm-hmm. think. But I think on, I think a week ago, I would have had better luck with this because I've been in a funk really for the last three days. Mm. Um, I'm taking a mental beating as well by going on this journey. And so I'm making rookie mistakes and I'm like making poor decisions and I'm not relying on my years and years and years of experience. I'm, or I think I'm relying on my years and years and years of experience, but I'm not really actually following any of my real honest to goodness advice or habits that would have made this journey easier and safer for me because I'm in such a weird mental space. So this is a hard journey, but I'm making it harder on myself as well. Yeah. Can can you show me some of the things? Can you like tell me if, if this was a montage, mm-hmm. like what what is some of the stuff that you're having trouble with as you make your way through this forest? I think it's um it's a dense coniferous forest. It's it's all like pine trees. Mm-hmm. Um the canopy is is pretty thick, but at the the time of day where you head out, like the sun is shining through the leaves and you, we have these like beautiful like moats of light passing through the trees. Um, what are what are some things that, that cause hardship on this trek? So the first thing that comes to mind is that I am taking what I think is the more direct route, not the safer route. Mm. So I've got Osmer with me. Osmer is slowing me down because I've taken this route that is more direct, but that means that it's more, like it's rockier. There's things that we have to go over and there's like muddier bits instead of a, a more well tra- more well worked out like animal path that I could be following. Mm. I've decided to go in a more direct route, which is taking longer because it's not a route. Yeah. It is like like there's stumps everywhere and foliage is like sinking into our feet, but Osmer is sinking, which is a problem. He's already in a bad mood. It's not helping. Like like simple things like that. Or like I'm not paying attention to animal tracking, animal tracks. So I like I'm coming up a- across like dens of a- like that I shouldn't be like I should have avoided them. And so mm. now I have now I have to like work around this thing that I've just stumbled across because I wasn't paying attention to it before. Oh, what did you what do you stumble across? I don't think anything dangerous. Um cuz why would I do that to myself? Nothing dangerous. Um but like well, magical can... magical rabbit holes. Right, like there's holes in the ground that I should have been uh, paying attention to, that I'm like falling into or about to fall into, that I now have to move around. I mean, we can montage a dangerous thing. It doesn't need to turn into a full combat. Yeah, can just no, go... I don't want to. <laughs> um, so can I can I just say something really quick? Yeah, I, well, I just don't know what dangerous animals would live in a in a, in a pine forest. Like oh. bears? Would oh. bears be there? We're gonna get some. We're gonna get some stuff. I'm we're sure gonna get we some will. Stuff. I'm sure we will. Uh, I, I just want to s- remind both you and our audience really quickly that we have a, a, a new currency. We have a homebrew currency that we're playing with in this game uh, called Wonder Points. So anytime that you take an ex- that that I feel like you take an extra step in narration mm-hmm. to depict a whimsical, magical, or heartwarming world, I will give you a Wonder Point, which can be Use. turned in for things like HP. Um, I'm actually going to give you a wonder point for your earlier depiction of uh, Marin um, working in her kitchen. Mm. Uh, I thought that was pretty heartwarming. Thank you. But anytime you take, anytime you go the extra mile to depict a magical, whimsical world, I will give you a wonder point. So, Diana, what kind of weird, magical animals does Marin maybe have to avoid in the woods? You thought that would work, but it won't. So, <laughs> so rabbit holes. She has to avoid rabbit holes. <laughs> um, I think there's like a herd of magic deer because I think they are they hang out in pine forests, right? I'm in Pennsylvania, right? Like, there's like pine trees. What makes these deer magical? I don't know. See, that's the thing. I feel like any animal that I could try to magic these deers into already exist like i was i was like well maybe they've got like maybe they're taller and skinnier that's a gazelle like (laughs) or or maybe they got horns that's an antelope like they're they already exist (laughs) these weird things they can't i can't make them tiny because those exist (laughs) 
<laughs> like, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, they're like weird colors. I don't want to add eyes or feet. Like, that's so cheap. So, okay. It doesn't need to be otherworldly. It just needs to be, you know, it just needs to, like, here's the thing. If I was walking through the woods and I was like, oh, look at this beautiful herd of deer, I might describe that as whimsical or magical. So it doesn't need to be, like, crazy. It just yeah. needs to be something. I know. Let me, let me do All it. Right, my, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me do it my own way. I'm sorry. Way. You're doing great. Uh, You're doing great. I love you. Okay. Deer. <laughs> so I avoided holes for rabbits. And, right? Rabbits make holes. They don't make... Yeah, they have warrens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Little duns. Yeah. Foxes also have holes, right? Foxes do have holes. Okay. I was just, I'm not adding foxes, but rabbit holes we've avoided. There was, like, deer grazing. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are bucks among these deer. And I'm bringing a fucking antelope with me. An angry, ornery. Yes. And there's bucks with these. So that was, like, a whole situation that I had to make sure was clear. Yeah, I do think, like... Like, Osmer gets in a stare down with this big buck, and you have to, like, pull Osmer away. Yep. It's, like, like not nope. a not a good situation, bud. You got things on you. I will give you a wonder point and for this. And this, this buck is trying to catch the eye of all these ladies here. Mm-hmm. Not going to go well for you. Or maybe it won't go well for him, and I just don't want to deal with it. Like, it's not – I just it's, this is not a situation I want to particularly deal with. But if I was using my skill and my expertise and my brain and, like, you know, getting back into the old habit, if I was in my old habit, I would have avoided all of this because I would have seen the tra- the tracks. Like, I would have seen the, the foot the footprints or or the poop. There's a name for it. That's not – when you're tracking, it's not – you don't call it poop. Oh. Scat. Yeah. What is the word for that? It doesn't matter. They're There's poop. a specific word for right? like droppings on the trail. But that when you're like tracking them, it's not, you don't call it poop, but it's yeah. poop. Anyway, I would have noticed all that, but I didn't. I didn't notice those things. So I, I get into these situations where I'm wasting time. Mm-hmm. I'm just wasting time. And like, because I'm going the way that I'm going, like, I have to worry about like rabbit and fox holes. And I have to worry about like boar. Are there boar in pine forests? I just don't know what's in a pine forest. That feels very cold. So like cold animals, but not a polar bear. There could be there could be boar. Like this wild is... animals. Like I, I have to worry about the wild animals. I have to yeah. worry about the wildlife because I've decided that I don't need to worry about the wildlife. <laughs> so for for both of our usages, just just to keep in mind, there is a Pinterest board. Yes. And I don't know how board. I don't know how to describe any of those animals that you've put on there. <laughs> There's so, a lot of paleo art. So I am picturing the world of soul as sort of um, sword and sorcery esque in that there are. Um, mammals and there's like megafauna mammals like very large mammals mm-hmm. uh and there are also um saurians which are like uh dinosaur-esque right creatures uh but there's also like more mundane animals like antelopes and things um my different terrain would have different animals yes right like elephants exist in our world but they don't exist in pennsylvania Mm-hmm. Because the terrain doesn't allow for it, and that's not, like, natural to them. So I just don't know what would be in a pine forest in this soul. You could say, bo- yeah, boar. So I feel like boar, boar hang out in forests. Yeah, so you got to be careful of those boars. I got to be careful of those boars. So just because I'm not using my expertise, I just have to check out for the wildlife. It's mm-hmm. slowing me down. Oh, ooh, I have an idea. Boop, 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 boop. I have an idea. <laughs> um, Did our mail come in, Steve? Uh, I think one of the things one of the reasons that you know you are lost as you are making your way is there is a moderately not like super famous shrine to a pega but a moderately famous shrine to a pega it's an old ancient shrine Mm -hmm. and you know that you are lost um, when you hit this shrine because this shrine is too far this shrine is like too far north and you were meant to be going east and you come across this shrine to what is called a grand pega so the pega of soul are animist spirits that are worshipped um usually very locally they're usually like very localized spirits that represent something nearby uh it could be a natural thing like um a river or it could be even sometimes man-made things like um like monuments 
uh, but Grand Pega are worshipped throughout all of Seoul. Um, and there is one Grand Pega named Sedin Ra. And this shrine is dedicated to Sedin Ra. And it's a small, let's say it's the size of like, the size essentially of an outhouse, right? It's like okay. the size of an outhouse. A large, or a small rectangular building um, made of stone. And uh, the top uh, right corner has like fallen off and, and like tumbled into a pile on the side. Moss is growing up the left-hand side and kind of sprouting these like red bright flowers. And inside the the case, inside like the walled section, is a large stone sword that is, uh, it's like a, it's a, it's not a real sword, it's a statue of a sword that is in its scabbard. And there is a tattered red silk scarf that is falling apart, it's rotting, it's like mildewy, that's kind of like hanging over the hilt guard. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you roll me a d20, please? One. There's a little charm hanging off the the hilt of the, or the guard of the blade mm-hmm. um, that you can see as you're making your way up. And the first thing that you realize is that this means you are incredibly lost. I continue going to the altar. Okay. Do I see any anything else now that I'm a little closer? Nope. Okay. There's the sound of birds chirping um, and, and movement in the forest, but nothing like unusual. Yeah. I take out my torch that I had brought with me, mm-hmm. and I leave it at the altar. Okay. Um, did you only bring one tor- torch? I did. I oh. did only bring one torch. Marin is superstitious now in her age. Not now in the journey, but now in her age. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when she sees altars, when she can, because she can't always, but when she can, she tries to leave something. Or if she can't leave something, she tries to clean it up make it pretty. She tries to do something for the altar every time she sees an altar. I don't know if she believes in the Grand Pega, but she tries to do something nice. So she leaves her torch there. Do you do something specific when you see these? Um, Like, is there like a ritual that everybody's supposed to do? Are you supposed it, to kneel? Are you supposed to pray? It probably depends on the Pega. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give me an intelligence and intelligence check? Sure. To see what you know about Sedin Ra? Yeah. Or or do you, would you, if you it's actually a grand, might know about Sedin Ra. If it's a Grand Pega that is worshipped, like I probably know more about the Grand Pegas than I do about the Minor Pegas. Yeah. Uh, so Sedin Ra is, I'll just tell you, is a pega of journeys, quests, and dungeons. Well, of course I know something about this pega. Yeah, I think you would know about yeah. Sedin Ra. Even um, regardless of whether or not I believe, I would know something. Yeah. Uh, Sedin Ra is known as the orator of heroes. Um, they they take stories of grand quests and they, they tell them. Um, and they have silk um, is kind of like their symbol because they are attended to by spiders that weave tapestries of these tales. So yeah, you would know about Sedin Ra. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe it's not normal, but it's what Marin does. Marin goes up to these altars when she sees them and um, thumps her chest five times. Okay. Simple doesn't say anything when she's doing it, just kind of thumps her chest five times, leaves something if she can or cleans up if she can, and then leaves. So she comes up, she walks up, looks at the altar, thumps her chest five times, takes out her torch, her unlit torch, puts it at the altar for another adventurer to use at some point, and leaves, mumbling to herself, damn it, I went the wrong way. And then, like, adjusts her course and goes to where she needs to go. Mm. So. Do you need me to spend more time there? No, I don't need you to spend more time there. I'm trying to decide if it's cheating to ask you if you want to look at something more closely. There was a charm. There was a charm. That someone had left. Oh, so I assumed that was part of the statue. That's Uh, why. That's. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That was. That might have been confusing because there was a bunch of stuff. Um, The the silk scarf is like pretty normal, but the charm is something that a a traveler had left. Oh, I thought it was part of. That's why I asked if anything else was there. I thought it was part of the statue. Oh, no, that's my fault. Um, Yeah. Oh, I would have examined that. If a a traveler had left that, I would have examined it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So it is a very simple, uh, it's a very simple charm. Um, it is a water purifying charm that someone had left there. Oh, that's good to know. Previously. I don't take it. You're going to leave it? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think that is a superstitious thing. Marin and her partner, and I kind of left her partner up to you. So you get to decide if this is true or not. Because mm-hmm. there's really, there's two ways that this could go. Um, but... Well, no, there's not. Marin never believed in the Grand Pega when she was younger. And when she would go to these altars or when they would come across these altars, Marin always took but never left anything. I don't know if her partner also never took or always took and never left anything or if her partner was the reason she was going to these, like her partner. Mm. I, I don't know. So I'll leave that up to you. But Marin always took and never left. And then there was a great accident and a great instance And her partner is no longer with us. And she had to quit adventuring. And she got her farm. And because of what happened, she is very superstitious. So she doesn't pray because she knows she doesn't believe and that would be wrong. Um, But she leaves things. She doesn't take them. If she needs it, like she uses it appropriately now. Like if she needs it, she will take it. But if she cannot think of a way that she needs this thing, she's not taking it. So she's got water. Like Marin has water right now on her through Osmer. She's not going to take the water purifying thing. She's not going to take that charm. But she is going to leave the torch because that is another thing that someone could use. Like she leaves stuff now. She doesn't take things. She's trying to make up for what happened. Okay. One thing that... So you have plenty of carrying capacity. Do you want to retcon that you brought more torches if you're leaving a torch? Nope. Because it is getting late. Yes. It, you got really turned around. I did. I did. You're leaving your only torch? I'm leaving my only torch. But I still have my fire starter. I didn't leave that. Okay. My thinking, Marin's thinking is, well, I might be able to make a torch. Yeah. You could make like a rush light like, or something. Yeah. I might be able to make something later on. Okay. That's fair. So she's leaving what she can. She needs the fire starter. Mm-hmm. So she's taking the fire starter, but she's leaving the torch. It's a little bit of a penance. Yeah. So. I think that's great. Cool. I think we watch Marin like cursing under her breath as she makes her way, like reorients herself because now she has kind of like an idea of where she is and yeah. where she needs to go. As she reorients herself and, and pulls Osmer away as she is walking deeper into the woods um, away from the shrine, we see the shrine of Sadine Ra. And as the sun begins to set and the sky is turning like more golden, more red, this thing that you left that you know you're going to need, Mm -hmm. but that you feel you can do without, that you left for someone who might need it more, there's this moment where we see a spider kind of crawl up the torch, like crawl out from like behind the stone Mm -hmm. and crawl up on top of the torch and with its eight eyes kind of watch you leave. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you really enjoyed this episode. Ryutama was designed by Atsuhiro Okada and translated into English by Matt Sanchez and Andy Kitkowski. You can find more at kotohi, K-O-T-O-H-I dot com. We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer. If you didn't hear our dog snoring this entire time, that's because of him. So thank you very much, Zach B. And if you did hear our dog snoring, don't blame Zach B. We left the... we. The dog is very sad right now. She's in her cone and we didn't, we couldn't kick her out. So if she snored, we're sorry. Um, (laughs) We also want to thank In Love With The Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling At Nemu's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love With The Ghost at inlovewiththeghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure that you find us, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is the cool kids get their podcasts nowadays. It means a lot to us and it really helps other people find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for our discussions about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. 
Thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps this show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us maintain and better it every week while getting cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly campfire pod, and other things. Every dollar makes a huge, huge difference. For our Blood Gold series, patrons at our 1d6 HP level will be getting a random Pega title. Did I say it weird? <laughs> no, you I felt right. like I said it weird. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Uh, this episode, we would like to thank two of our patrons. Thank you very much to Michael Herman for your support. We really greatly appreciate it. And also thank you to Stephen Hessen. Stephen is a devoted Pega known as the soul of the healer who has lovingly lent his support to our new campaign. Thank you very much, Michael and Stephen. Thank you. Thank you all again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one. <laughs>